Hello everybody, my name is Blake Gibson and we're back for our second week of Ask Away podcast where we answer the questions that you submit and we try to uh, give our best interpretation of what scriptures say about your theological questions. And this week we have a wonderful question that I think many people ask and I think many people have or have at least wondered at least once or twice within their lives. And so uh, I couldn't wait to get to it. And this one's going to attempt to be a little briefer than last week and maybe a little bit simpler because, again, it's a little bit more of a popular question. So we want to kind of get it in a format that everyone could memorize and relay very easily. And the question this week that was submitted to us was, what happens to the people who never hear the gospel? And now let me just quickly rephrase the question as we will later talk about that is essentially what people are getting at. It, that question is uh, it's essentially a colloquialism, if you will, for uh, another question. And, and the other question is, is it fair that God can send someone to hell who has never heard the gospel. Now, David Platt, who everyone is probably familiar with, he served as the president of the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. He actually gave a lecture on this question, and I mean, who else better to, uh, to do this? Uh, and he, and he uh, engaged with the hypothetical scenario that he often... Uh, would would receive from students asking similar questions and and they would say and he phrased it this way what about the innocent man in Africa who never heard the gospel if he was to die would he go to heaven and David Platt says well of course he would go to heaven if an innocent man died and if God is just, of course that man would go to heaven. The issue with this is that no man is innocent before the eyes of God. In fact, we know in Romans 1 through 3 that we're born into depravity. In fact, and not only that, we actually know that the Bible is very clear that no man is without an excuse. For example, Romans, well, excuse me, 1 chapter or chapter 1 verse 19 says and since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse, for they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts became darken. And then later on in Romans 2, it goes on to clarify that morality and the law of God is actually written upon the human heart. And essentially all that means is that we all know basic fundamental right versus wrong. Therefore, when we oppose those internal um, inclinations of right versus wrong, those internal guidelines, if you will, and we oppose those willingly doing sin, we have transgressed against the moral law that, the, that God has put uh, into our hearts. And so we understand this concept, when we truly grasp this concept, we understand that there really isn't anybody innocent. There is no man innocent before the eyes of God. Now, with that being said, Going back to the, the hypothetical scenario here, what happens 
if that is the case, if there is this hypothetical scenario where if 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 there's a country or a a a, a people group who has never heard the gospel and they get saved. Now, David, now this is uh, David Platt with kind of his. Um, summation that he kind of ends on uh, that he does in a, in a very very great way and, and he proves the point well and I'm just gonna borrow it to show you what happens if there is this country or this people group who've never heard the gospel would if they never hear the gospel and they're considered innocent because that's the morality that we're imposing when we ask this question and we don't understand it and we get upset then wouldn't it be the worst and most inhumane thing that we could do at that point to take them the gospel? Do you see the do you see the hypocrisy here? If 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 it is better for them to never hear the gospel because they are then somehow judged on a scale that is different according than everyone that has heard the gospel, the worst thing that we could do as the people of God would be bring them the gospel. Do you see that? Do you see how this kind of contradicts with the rest of the scriptures and in fact goes directly against the, the, the great commission that we are assigned to do? In fact, that's why we spread the gospel because all man is condemned before God. All man is guilty and that's why we urge to take it to the ends of the earth and the four quarters of the earth is to get the gospel to as many as we can because all men have fallen short before the glory of God and there's no man righteous on his own other than the atoning work and imputed righteousness from Christ. Now, there is a, a little bit more of an apologetic answer to this because inevitably the question comes up, well, why is the world ordered this way that there are some people group who may never get reached? And now, at this point, we must be honest and admit that we don't know these things for certain. All we can do is give our best interpretations of Scripture and, and what maybe other scholars have, have uh, just echoing other scholars and theologians as well, um, using spiritual discernment. But one answer that I heard from, a, an, a, from an apologist, and I heard him give a lecture on this at UTK, uh, this exact topic, and he used the Scripture, Acts 17, to essentially affirm the sovereignty of God and illustrate if God is sovereign in all his ways and he works the universe through his providential ways, then nothing is essentially out of God's control or God's will, if you can say it that way. So Acts 17 here, 26 says, From one man he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and boundaries of where they live. He did this so they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each of us. Now, essentially what the scripture, and, and just kind of give you a brief summation of the lecture, essentially the idea here is that God knows where people are placed and he places them there for them to seek the gospel and God knows and this is what we call the doctrine of foreknowledge if you will uh, we can get this from John 6 64 is one of a, uh, a very good place and other places as well um, is if, if God knows those who will believe in 
him, as Romans 8 tells us, that for those he foreknew, he also predestined. And again, as John 6, 64 tells us, that those um, that Christ knew who would believe in him and those who would not. And when we understand that concept, then it's very possible, not that it's certain. Now, this is just an interpretation, but it's very possible that some of those who could be placed that will never hear the gospel, it could be and ordered in such a way that they would have never responded to the gospel accordingly, that they would have never believed in Christ. And so it could be that way. Again, that's a little bit more of a philosophical or an apologetic answer. However, again, I, I go back to the theological answer of David Platt that we have to remember that no man is guilty or that all man is guilty no man is innocent before God and it's our responsibility to take the gospel to as many as we can and then we leave the judgment to God on that well that's a short answer and again I tried to make it brief this week a little briefer than last week so i hope you enjoyed that and i hope it helped if not again private messages email us and say hey can we have a part two to that uh or, or send in another question if you like maybe that helps you and at least gave you the right um ammunition to start on your own investigation uh and again like i said this is a program that's completely contingent upon your request we have many questions that we do have to get with uh, that we have to get to but but feel free to continue to send yours in we love getting to them uh and we will definitely try our best to get your question on here uh, I, I do these once a week and so keep uh keep on looking for yours and hopefully we can get it to you soon Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for, uh, Lord, just resting in your sovereign attributes, resting, Father, Lord, that you have this under control, but also taking in the importance and the urgency of spreading the gospel, Father. Let us spread it to our fellow man, Father, and our, and our co-workers. Lord, let us preach the gospel wherever we go and, and truly understand that we are ambassadors of reconciliation, as Paul tells us, Father, that we take this ministry serious. And Lord, let's pray and that we remember that that is the most important thing, Father, and ultimately the things that we will never have true 100% answers on, Father, that we can rest, Lord, that you are fair and you are just. Those are attributes that we know in the scripture. And Lord, the things that maybe we can't work out, Father, you are working out in your own ways, Lord, that your, your resources and your means, Father, are way beyond what we can imagine, Father. And we know that there are supernatural ways, Father, that you work as well, that we are also not going to try to uh, limit those as well, Father. And we thank you, Father, for what you've doing, what you're doing in the world and the stories that come in, Father, and we're just thankful for that. And in your name we pray. Amen.